All right, here we go with Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, we've been talking about vaccine incentives on yeah, the show. I, I know you're listening to some of that, and it's interesting to hear these ideas. I mean, we see other jurisdictions saying uh, Ohio. uh, Ohio's got the million dollar, the Vaximillion lottery. Get the vaccine, you go into the draw for a million bucks. New York State's giving out free baseball tickets. Yankee tickets. Yeah, if you get the vaccine. Here in Canada, we got this idea just straight up cash in your hand. If pay people to get the vaccine... And Bonnie Henry was asked about this, right? Mm-hmm. So let's hear what she had to say about that. This is Dr. Bonnie Henry about vaccine incentives. Right now, we're not considering incentives, but uh, uh, that's something that is always in there. I, I more think that uh, when we see uh, how much benefit there is and how it can protect not just us, but our families, our loved ones, our uh, uh, people at home. Okay, not looking at it, but not ruling it out no, either. She's left the door open there. Yeah. As we've been saying since the beginning of the pandemic, nothing's ever off the table. Yeah. Uh, very few things can be ruled out uh, iron, in an ironclad fashion. So we are now hitting the stretch run of getting people vaccinated, where it's going to be more of a challenge to get younger people to get vaccinated than it was with older people. So we've had a really great uptick um, from o- older people. It's 80% uh, vaccination rate of people over 50, which is very encouraging. But as we, the first two and a half million doses were relatively easy to get to than the next two million are going to be. So, uh, incentives not so far not part of the equation, but not ruled out either. Okay. I had a couple of callers earlier on the show saying, well, why should I be incentivized or to get the vaccine or why should I be punished if I don't get it? That I maybe I can't travel or I can't go to, who knows what, how these vaccine passports will work if they're rolled out. And one guy said to me, aren't I putting myself at risk if I don't get the vaccine? Why should I be punished for putting myself at risk? But you ex- explain you, you, that to you, me. You, so as of last week, uh, the first batch of data we had of the people vaccinated so far, 1,400 people tested positive, even after getting vaccinated. Of that 1,400, about 130 had to be hospitalized. Um, 30 people died. Uh, and those generally older people. So, so these are people who got got the vaccine and still got COVID. Very small, and died. very small percentage. But it yeah. shows that COVID is very dangerous. If you don't get the vaccine, you still run the risk of getting COVID. Right. And right. you don't want to get COVID nineteen. I mean, whether it's the worst outcome in terms of death or being hospitalized, or and we've talked about this before, the long haulers who never really truly recover from getting. COVID-19 and at least 100%, and that could be younger people as well. So people who think that they're somehow bulletproof because they're not getting vaccinated are, are somewhat mindless. Okay, we see in other jurisdictions that sometimes the vaccine rates kind of hits a wall. We get some vaccine hesitancy or it starts to wane. We've yep. seen that in the United States, and that's where we're seeing some of these incentives rolled out. Do you think that could happen in Canada too? It's conceivable. Yeah. I mean, we have seen uh, other jurisdictions, uh, parts of the UK, 75% seems to be they hit a wall there. and mm. it's tough. We want to get to 80%. That's seemed to um, considered to be our herd immunity level. I thought herd immunity was higher than that, or was it? No, it's 80% is the target. And um, again, of course, higher than that would be great, 90%, 100%. Yeah. Our, our uh, measles uh, vaccine, for example, is, is drifted below 90%. The last few years, I think it's now at 90. There was a, an effort to, to sort of push that back up, but it was starting to get a little low, yeah. and that was concerning. Um, but still, 80% is the target, and higher than that is uh, is desirable. But right now, we're at 59%, but now we're adding 300,000 kids into the mix. So we're going from 4.3 million 
to 4.6 million eligible adults. So our our vaccination rate is going to be slipping a bit because we've added 300,000 who have not been vaccinated. Okay, kids age 12 and over now eligible to register to receive the vaccine. Here's Health Minister Adrian Dick speaking about that yesterday. A few people, a small number of people, I think, have already uh, registered and booked their appointments, uh, 12 to 17, and uh, now letting everyone know that everyone will be able to do that and that the details around the program will be uh, provided uh, in greater detail tomorrow. Okay, my youngest son is 16. I tried to I tried to register him and we couldn't get on there yesterday, but maybe that's hmm. changing. Oh. Yeah, they said they did a test run and everything was supposed to be working fine, okay. but uh, we've seen glitches before with this. So today at 2 o'clock, we're going to get the details from Dr. Bonnie Henry, Premier John Horgan, and Minister Dix about exactly how the vaccine How come Horgan's uh, at this news conference? Yeah, he was, he was a late addition. I mm. guess sometimes I think he, he gets jealous of the, of sharing the stage. It, it's, well, he likes to show up when it's good news. He shows up when it's good right. news. He also likes to show up with Dixon Henry because it's a it's sort of a higher-rated program than it was with other ministers. So well, we're going to get the details. So um, the vaccine is not coming into schools for the most part. Um, it's going to be kids going to clinics. We've got almost 200 clinics set up that are working you know, pretty seamlessly and processing thousands of people a day. Yeah. So I guess it makes sense just to take kids from uh, one place to another where the the clinics are already set up. Now, it's going to work different in small towns where it may be uh, different. It may be more feasible to take uh, the vaccine into schools, but we're going to get the details of that at 2 o'clock. Okay. Why is it a surprise that they're not going to vaccinate kids in school? Wasn't that the original I don't think that was the original plan. It was uh, certainly uh, talked about. When, but when you think of the logistics, we've already got this this infrastructure set up. For example, here in Victoria, we've got the Victoria Conference Center. It would be like moving a mash unit into uh, from from one place into a school. And again, in a school, uh, some schools only have a couple hundred kids. We're vaccinating sixty thousand people a day. So some of these clinics are processing more than a thousand people a day. So why not uh, just u- utilize those resources? But the BCTF wants, of, co- of course, has a different view of this. They want the the vaccine to come into the schools. Oh, okay. Uh, interesting numbers on which communities in BC have the highest and lowest vaccine rates. And here is, I know you covered that last night on Global News. Here's Adrian Dix on that yesterday. Some of the low numbers are based on demographics. So. For example, the University of British Columbia, by definition, is a very young community. Okay, so which communities have got the lowest vaccine rates in the province? So Fort St. John hmm. and the Peace River area have the lowest of, of um, more than 200 communities. I looked at the stats yesterday. So Fort Saint, so the provincial average, 59%, Fort St. John, 34%. But again, to Minister Dix's point, and Peace River South was 28%, which is around that area. And the reason for that, though, um, to a large degree, there's a lot of young men working up there in the oil and gas sector who, because this is an age-based rollout, uh, weren't in the queue. So they make sense. They weren't going to get vaccinated because they're in their 20s, late 20s, early 30s, and they weren't part of the, the rollout until relatively recently. So that's why the percentages are so low there. Other places, interesting, Richmond. Richmond Center and uh, parts of Richmond are at 41%, which is contrast to... You know, people talk about Surrey being the, the, the hot spot. Well, Surrey is basically everything's over 50% in terms of neighborhoods. Some neighborhoods, Cloverdale, Guildford, Panorama, are more than 60%, 65%. So vaccination rates are Why started. is Richmond lower? That's a bit of a puzzle. Um, not entirely sure whether it's a language situation or what, but that's uh, mm. that they've been below other communities for more than a month now. Now, it's 41%. Mm. It used to be 29%. 
Now it's 41, uh, but we got to get that number up. Okay, let me ask you about Kevin Falcon uh, running for the Liberal leadership and announcing this week, and he was a guest on my show here yeah. a couple of days ago, and uh, the NDP really going after him here aggressively. Mm-hmm. He's obviously the front runner to become the Liberal leader, and I think the NDP are reading the writing on the wall here. They're going after him immediately. Let me play a clip here for you and get your thoughts here of something that Falcon said to me that jumped out at me, and that was um, tolling, bridge tolls. And you remember that it was Falcon when they were in government, they brought in, they built a lot of new bridges, and they put they put tolls on them as well poor man horgan promised in the last election get rid of those tolls they were delighted when christy when when christy clark said oh i'll keep the i'll keep the tolls it was like election before last actually and you know and it it worked like a charm for uh for horgan to, to promise to take those bridge tolls off i asked falcon on the show this week if he still defends the tolling policy that he had and would he bring the tolls back if he was premier and here's what he said we had a tolling policy back then. We said as long as there was a free non-tolled alternative available, it would be considered. Uh, but, you know, really, there's very few places where it does make a lot of sense. So I think it's unlikely. Okay, unlikely. So it didn't rule out new tolls. Wow. So that's kind of surprising. That's political dynamite uh, for him to uh, talk about even opening the door to bringing tolls back. I don't think he would. But it's interesting, to your point about the NDP, you know, um, making him a target. He's got their attention like no other liberal... Um, leadership contender has since Christy Clark. I mean, the, the NDP paid no attention to Andrew Wilkinson. They did not see him as a threat. That was a correct guess on their part. They're not paying any attention to Michael Lee, who's or Ellis Ross, or Gavin Drew, or anybody else who's throw, potentially throwing their hat into the ring. Uh, they're paying attention to Kevin Falcon, because yeah. they've got some respect for Kevin Falcon. They know what they're up against with him. He's got a track record that they can take aim at. And it's going to be interesting because I think, uh, again, I'd be shocked if Kevin Falcon doesn't win that leadership. But he's yeah. going to be a formidable opponent to the NDP. All right. Welcome back. Keith Baldry is my guest. Phone lines are open 604-280-9898, star 9898 in your cell. Marshall and Kamloops. Hey, Marshall. Hey, morning, guys. How's it going? Good. Good, good. Go ahead. Um, I'm calling just in regards, I think, uh, announcing that there is potentially going to be a payoff for getting a vaccine is an incredible mistake that's going to slow down vaccine rollout in, in this mm. province because there's going to be a huge percentage of people who just did the math on this. If you're a family of five and nobody's got your vaccination yet, people are going to wait to see if that comes about, and that's going to be a, for that $450 paycheck that could be coming their way. They will not do it hoping that it will be announced, that there will be an incentive. And I think the opposite approach should have been taken, and it should be announced that after a certain date, you're going to have to pay for that vaccine, not oh. we might get a vaccine. Because well, okay. people, and no. you, guys, you guys both know this, right? People are going to not get their vaccines now because they're going to be thinking they're going to make a payday off of it. No, well, no, no incentive has been announced. Dr. Bonnie Henry has said that's not in the cards. Now, it's not been completely ruled out, but uh, again, it's not part of the program right now. The guy we talked about this morning who was pitching the 90 bucks to get the vaccine, he's from like an independent think tank yeah, who's, who's recommending and lobbying government to do this, but government has not said they will do it. No. And by the way, the way he wanted to structure it and they put a lot of thought into this plan, would be you'd get the money for the second shot. Okay, so the vast majority of people have still not received their second shot and potentially be retroactive too. So let's say let's say you've already received your second shot and then suddenly they announce, oh, we're going to give you 90 bucks when you get your booster. 
Well, you know, p- presumably you'd get like a, a backdated check. Okay, we're, we're still a long get, way anyway. from. We're a long way an, from it, that. It's an interesting point that you raise, but I don't know if we're going to get there. I mean, in some parts of the United States, like we, like we talked earlier, they really hit that wall, and the vaccination rate was waning, and that's when they started rolling out. Incentives. We haven't. We haven't hit we'll a wall see. yet. We haven't hit a wall yet. We're yeah. still uh, processing fifty, uh, sixty thousand vaccinations a day, and until we see a significant slowdown. I don't think talk like this is going to go forward. Okay, Brian in North Van. Hey, Brian. Hi, Mike. Hi, Keith. Hello. Uh, I would like to see the B.C. party, but I'm wondering, um, I was a supporter of Kevin Falcon when he was up against Christie. Um, I, I know if he wins, he's got to, do you guys agree, he's got to win the Bible Belt back in a big chunk of Surrey. And I don't know if Diane's going to run or not, but she would be a good one to have on his side, right? Yeah, well, she is there with him. Uh, she was she's, at the a, she's endorsed him. Yeah, no, you're interesting. You refer to the Bible Belt. The Bible Belt's not really the Bible Belt anymore, which is why it swung to the NDP. The demographics in Langley, uh, parts of the valley, Chilliwack, have changed significantly over the last few years. And I had people telling me back in 2013, oh, the NDP's going to win in Langley. And if you recall, the last day of the 2013 campaign, when Adrian Dix was the leader, he campaigned that, that whistle stop tour on the last day that took him to places like Vernon. Chilliwack and Langley. At the time, everybody thought, why are you going there? And the NDP at that time... Normally rock-solid liberal. And it was at that time. And, yeah. and and sure enough, the liberals won in 2013. But that was an early sign. The NDP thought suddenly those ridings were in play. And sure enough, in the last election, the NDP won in Vernon, Chilliwack, and Langley. So the Democrats, demographics have shifted from the traditional so-called Bible Belt of Abbotsford, Langley, and, and parts of it's getting young. It's getting younger and more secular because they can't. A lot of families can't afford homes in Vancouver right. or, or some of the inner suburbs. They've got to go to the outer suburbs, and that's been happening with increasing numbers. And those are more friendly NDP voters. Okay, the listener also said he liked the idea of naming renaming the Liberal Party the British Columbia Party. And the problem there is there already, already is. Yeah, yeah, there's already a British Columbia yeah. Party. Okay, now I don't know if the Liberals can can go to that party and buy the buy name. Them off. Maybe they can. Uh, yeah, well, it's an interesting idea floated by Falcon, but I'm not sure where it's going to go anywhere. Jane in Abbotsford. Hi, Jane. Oh, hi. Hi there. Go ahead. Um, I just wanted to uh, make a comment about uh, young people and vaccine hesitancy. Um, sure. I've got a kid who's graduating this year. The day that they could register in the system, it was all over their group chat, and that, that was the topic of the day, get registered. And now mm-hmm. they're getting vaccinated, and pretty much the whole grad class is going to be vaccinated. That's great to hear. So, yeah, yesterday uh, the age group uh, groupings were released for registrations. 224,000 people aged 18 to 24 have already registered, which is which is an impressive number. It was only about 175,000, I think, uh, last week. So there are people um, registered in greater numbers who are young people. But again, we want to get 80%. Let's go to Doug on the line in Surrey. Hey, Doug. Good morning, Mike and uh, Keith. Uh, oh. I think Kevin Falcon has got himself a scrap in his hands with the uh, Michael Lee. He'll likely pick up most of the Richmond backing. Diane Watts, well, uh, she's uh, she's basically uh, whistling in the wind as well and endorsing him because she wants to get in there again, get a shot back at the liberal leadership. And uh, something tells me that that is going to be a very divided party. They're likely going to butcher each other trying to get uh, their man up at the top of the heap. And uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Kevin Falcon may discover that uh, time has passed him by. He went off into uh, private enterprise, made a bunch of connections, and I have a feeling that Kevin Falcon's going to tuck his legs between his uh, his uh, his tail between his legs and run for the hills when he gets a real scrap on his hands. 
I'm not so sure about that. Thanks for a good call, Doug. We have 30 seconds. Well, leadership races can be bruising battles, bruising affairs. The last and, one was bruising. Yeah, in the it, can, it can leave some lasting internal scars. Uh, this one hasn't even really started. And the problem is it's not going to start because we're in a pandemic. There's no rallies. There's no meetings. There's no debates. It really doesn't start until next year.